Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast will definitely contain naughty words and spoilers. Hello everybody and thank you for joining us again on what is our fifth episode of Hayley Watches. Episode five. (laughs) Can't believe we've got this far. I know, I so thought we'd have given up by now. Yeah. It's a bit hit and miss tonight, isn't it? Because I decided to have a bit of a social life, so I'm sat here in a fancy frock. and I've got slippers on. Yeah, a cup of tea next year. That's gone now. I've got my, what's left of my expensive... Sauvignon blush. Fancy. Yeah. By expensive, do you mean costs more than £5? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'm good with wine. Yeah, I, I pushed the boat out. <laughs> Treated yourself. I decided against having the old, oh, what's it called, Lambrini, even if it's got a leopard print <laughs> bottle. <laughs> I am one classy lady. <laughs> you remember you get three litres of Lambrini for like £2.50? Yeah. You just drank it all and nearly died yeah ah uh, youth um so yeah so this episode i watched the shining which was actually i wasn't too worried about watching even though it was supposed to be the scariest film ever released i wasn't too scared it's not the scariest film ever released it's it makes a lot of top lists mm. of horror films I'm not really sure why. I don't think it's that scary. No. Well, I, I didn't have the same sort of fear with the other films. So, I, again, I thought it might be a bit of a relief from the last lot of films that did give me issues. The heebie-jeebies. Um, the heebie-jeebies. So, a little synopsis for the film. Um, Jack and his family move into an isolated hotel with a violent past. Living in isolation, Jack begins to lose his sanity, which affects his family members. So this film was released in 1980. It's older than us. Older than us. It's an old film. Old, old film. And I'll just before I start, we'll go through like the main characters. So you've got... Just so you remember them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack Torrance. Jack Nicholson. It's handy that the actor and the character got the same name. Yeah, it does make a lot of difference, especially (laughs) people like me who don't remember (laughs) nothing. And then you've got Wendy Torrance. It's played by Shelley Duval. Duval? Yeah. Then you've got 
Danny Torrance, who's a little boy, who's played by Danny Lloyd, again, Andy. <laughs> Super helpful. Oh my God, and when this guy appeared on the screen, I instantly loved him. You've got Scatman Carothers. Do you think he's the Scatman? I hope so. And the, the bloke who called himself the Scatman later just ripped him off. Probably. Do you think he's an actual scat man? I really hope he is. We should have researched that. Oh, I love his face. He looks awesome. He plays Dick Holloran. Holloran. Holloran, every time I get it wrong. I I imagine they probably say Holloran. I just say Holloran. Okay. But he plays a head chef. Yes. Yeah. So they're like the main, main people that you sort of see quite a lot in the film. So the film opens with the Colorado Rockies. You look really smug that you know it's the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, I think me and Colin had a conversation actually. I named the continents and I couldn't quite work it out because geography is not my strong point. Geography is not anyone's strong point. Yeah, but that was pretty embarrassing, especially when it's in front of a five year old. I'm like, mm, stay in school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe listen to your teachers and stop being a douche. Um, so, yeah, so it's beautiful landscape. And you see, like, the car driving to the hotel, which just made me think of The Simpsons. I, do, I must admit, I've seen The Shining a lot of times. And all I thought about when we watched it the other night was The Simpsons episode. <laughs> Makes you realise how good The Simpsons is oh, as well. How much oh, yeah. of a film they condense into a tiny a tiny yeah, wasn't that in like a section of a Halloween horror? Yeah, Treehouse Tree of horror, horror episode. So it wasn't even a full 20 no. minutes. It was like eight minutes. It's crazy. So yeah, so it's like a yellow VW that you see driving. And it goes through this, like I said, absolutely beautiful landscape. Uh, and it stops outside this building, which is scary ass looking. Like it's really scary. It looks like it's got eyes and oh, it gave me the proper heebie-jeebies. It's horrible. So it's like the hotel... Just a seasonal hotel, because I kept thinking it must be like a ski resort, but obviously over winter it's just horrendous, so no one can ski there. Yes, yeah, like a summer hotel. But can they ski there? Like, I kind of got a feeling it's a ski place. Why? Because it's up a mountain, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. There's literally no skiing facilities anywhere. Okay. Fine. Um... <laughs> That's just me being me then. Um, so it cuts... I just want to ski. I've never skied in my life. No, me neither. I don't think I ever should. I'd probably die. Yeah, we'd break things. We'd not. It's, it's not, not for not us. For it, no. It's not for us. Um, anyways, it cuts to the interview, and it's um, Jack Torrance walking into the lobby of the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. And he meets the general manager, which is Stuart Ullman, and he says about how it only took him three and a half hours to drive there. So I was like, oh, why does it seem so tough with that? Because three and a half That's hours, a long drive, yeah. And I sort of remember, actually, America is huge. Massive. Like huge. Massive place. As our American listeners yes. would Hi, be able to tell guys. you, five, five on the last yeah. episode. We know there's a couple that are like, continue listening, along with someone in Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Whoever you are who lives in Belgium, you are only Belgian listener. Yeah. Get in touch, guys. Love to talk to you. And they probably could if you got the email address right. I'll once try in a again while. tonight. I'll try and get it right. <laughs> it's a recurring theme that you get it wrong. It's probably why I don't everyone talk to us. I like don't trust her. She's obviously drunk. These are really email addresses. <laughs> She's so confused by life. Um, 
So yeah, so he says it's taken him three and a half hours to get there. I mean, like in, I suppose, I went, I drove to basically like near Glo- near Gloucester, and that took two hours. So like, you know, we can get part the way up. And from where we live, that's practically up north. It is, yeah. So that just puts it in quite a perspective, actually, how huge that place, how huge that country is. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyways, um, so they go into this room and they introduce each other, and then it cuts back to. Jack's home with um, the mum and the son talking about the move and about how much fun it's going to be and if they're excited. And the little boy doesn't seem overly sold. And uh, so the mum says, oh, what about Tony? Is he looking forward to the hotel? So he, like, uses his index finger and bobs up and down and does this, like, really weird voice, like, no, he isn't, Mrs Torrance. Yeah, Tony's a weird voice, isn't it? It's so strange. I was like, I don't like that kid. Hello, I'm Tony. <laughs> so funny. So I don't know if any of you guys have listened to my letter at a porno. Um, but there's a bit in it. This is going to be an odd segue. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even what his name is now. Not the, the guy whose dad wrote the porno. It's the other guy who's on there. James. James. He said like his uncle used to like l- use his little finger and go, Little finger love at you. <laughs> That's all it made me think of. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's just strange. Tony Finger, laugh at you. <laughs> More like Tony Finger, kill you now. It's just a bit weird. Just didn't like it. He was really weird. <laughs> uh, and then so basically being a typical mum was just like turned it around going, oh, it'll be great. You know, just wait and see. It'd be really exciting. So then it cuts back to the hotel and the interview. It's like standard interview questions. And he says like what the caretaker job's going to be. And he's saying about how... Jack was a teacher. He's like, oh, you know, I'm actually a writer and I'm looking forward to be able to get on with my writing here and my family are going to really enjoy the, the space. Um, and then the general manager says, like, oh, you know, we, we closed down for six months. Um, it can be quite a brutal winter. You see to keep the whole place sort of well-maintained. Um, he said, you know, it's quite a cruel winter, so people can sometimes suffer psychologically with isolation and things and do you think it's going to be a problem? And he's like, no, no, like... It's fine, I'm going to get loads of writing done. Said no writer ever. Or said every writer ever before they <laughs> buggered off and did something different. <laughs> so uh, the manager says that it was built in 1907 and it's like chosen because it's beautiful seclusion and beauty. And um, he sort of says again about sort of the elements and if he's going to be okay. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's fine. I love that sort of stuff. And he's got like wife and son. I think they're going to take it. He's like, oh yeah, they'll love it. So he says about, uh, don't suppose anyone in Denver told you about the, the event that happened back in the winter of 1970? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Here we go. And he's like, oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think they did. And he's like, oh, well, you know, the, the predecessor hired a man called Charles Grady as a winter caretaker. And he came here with his wife and two little girls who I think were about eight or ten. Oh no, where's this going? Where is this going? This can only be bad. So he's like, oh, you know, they were really good references, great background, and then literally had some sort of mental breakdown and chopped up his wife and children. With an axe? With an axe. I mean, what the hell? And then he put, neatly, it's the word neatly stacked their bodies in the west wing. Neatly. All tidy, not to leave a mess. Yeah, just tidily in the corner. And then uh, used both barrels of a shotgun into his mouth and the police were just like, 
oh, you know, just cabin fever, a little bit of claustrophobic reaction. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I do, especially over lockdown, you know, when we were stuck in here for... <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> no toilet roll, no pasta. <laughs> there, there were... Makes da- Hayley go something, something. <laughs> there were probably days where if we had an axe, it would have had to have been hidden. <laughs> so... That was long. Um, so, yeah, so he was like, wow, that's quite a story. And the guy's like, yeah, it's really hard to imagine it happened here. He's like, well, you know, my wife likes those sort of stories, so I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) My wife likes ghost stories, so she'll love to hear about a man hacking his kids to bits with an axe. I mean, I love a good true crime podcast, but I think if I've got time, I've got to spend six months in a place that's basically, you know, shut down with snow with... I, you know, I like with ghosts. Oh, Hayley, you're a big true crime fan. For the next six months, we're going to move you into Fred and Rose West's house. Yay! <laughs> oh, great. Cheers. <laughs> I won't be having nightmares. Um, so, yeah, so basically, like, that's that. And he's sort of going, oh, yeah, you know, it'll be fine. It comes back to the sun, standing in front of his bathroom mirror. And he's like, Tony is just going, you're going to find out in a minute that he's got the job. Oh, good. Yeah. Why does... Tony know the future. I know. Who the fuck is Tony? Who is Tony? So, um, anyway, yeah, so he calls out. up, as predicted by Tony Finger, which I call him now, um, that he's got the job, and everyone's Tony like, Finger. Yay! <laughs> Tony Finger, kill you now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so he tells about the job, and then obviously that's when Tony gives Danny his first, like, vision of... All that blood and stuff, isn't it? Like, out of the... Oh, when you see the blood coming in from the elevator. Yeah. The elevator doors, yeah. And then you see the girls, and then, like, the little boy starts screaming. I'm like, this is not going to go well. Interesting fact about the blood yeah. from the elevator. Uh, it was in the trailer for the film, but at the time, you weren't allowed to show blood in trailers. So, Stanley Kubrick, the director, convinced everyone that it wasn't blood. It was rusty water. Of course. Which it looks nothing like. (laughs) But he got away with it and they put it in the trailer. It definitely doesn't look like Ribena. (laughs) So then it goes to closing day. Which I guess is the closing of the hotel. But it shows the family travelling in the car. They all look super excited. Um, Jack tells Danny about... uh, He he calls them the wagon times. And how the settlers got caught in a big snowstorm. And ended up becoming cannibals. And she's like, yeah, Jack, maybe not tell the kid about cannibalism. And then Danny's like, don't worry, Mum, I know all about cannibalism. I saw it on TV. I'm like, what five-year-old is watching about cannibalism? It's the way Jack Nicholson responds as well with, like, see, he saw it on TV. It doesn't make it right. Just to say, because you let him watch too much TV. (laughs) It's all your fault. Um... So, yeah, so you then see them arrive at the hotel and, um, oh, no, before that, I had to say, actually, I made an observation, the little kid's like, I'm hungry. And I was like, oh, make my eye twitch, because it is literally like every car journey. I'm going to be sick. Can I listen to that song again? Person to this song again? I am bored. I want to get out. I just non-stop. I need a wee. I don't want to go on this road. I don't want to go on this road. Let's go on that road like hideous so yeah, i love that oh, the oh. realistic dad response as well like i'm hungry 
well, you shouldn't have eaten. You should have eaten your dinner that then. Was it? Yeah, you should have eaten your breakfast. Yeah, like literally age-old thing. So I was like, I like that. That was a touch of real life. <laughs> so they turn up and they get started showing around the hotel and they leave a little boy Danny playing darts on his own. He's like lobbing these darts at a board and it suddenly goes up really close to his face and there's some dramatic music. I'm like, what the fuck is this kid gonna see? So he turns around. Lo and behold, two girls in party frocks who I thought were twins, but then obviously since they said about the girls that got killed at the hotel, they're not, they're just sisters. Yeah, sisters. Do look, by design, I think, made to look like twins, aren't they? Yeah. So uh, they sort of stare at each other, then the girls look at each other and they just walk off. So I'm like, that's a bit weird. Um, then it cuts back to the Wendy and Jack looking at their hotel, or the, the apartment in the staff quarters. Like, oh, this looks super cosy. Hmm. I'm really getting a bit of a no feeling about this hotel, if I'm honest. It's a little bit weird. It's a no from me. It's a no from me. <laughs> um, they then walk out and have a look at this, like, sculpted hedge maze. Which I was like, that's never, that's going to end in tears. It's massive as well, it's isn't huge. it? I mean, he says, like, the walls are 13 feet high. And it's as old as the hotel itself. So it was, like, constructed in 1905 and was finished in 19... 19- no, 1907 and finished in 1905. And then they said it. Started in 1907, finished in 1905. Oh, Time 1907, travel. finished in 1909. Who built this place? Marty McFly? Oh, didn't think of that one. <laughs> and of course, and they say it basically it's located on an Indian burial ground. Because of course. Of course it is. Of course it is. Indian burial ground equals bad shit. Bad shit. Bad shit. Stop building on people's graves. It's just not cool. So they show them this, like, snowcat thing that drives on the snow, which becomes important later on. And then they take them through the gold gold room ballroom. Or the gaudy room, as I like to call it. Which, again, becomes important later. Um, So then, yeah. So they... um, they talked about how there's no alcohol in the place and Jack's like, oh, we're not drinkers anyway. That's a lie. Yeah, that changes. Quite rapidly. And he's like, oh, well, you're in then. Good luck. <laughs> bye. Bye, bye-bye. And then you meet, um, you finally get to meet the head chef, Dick Holleran. And um, he, like, shows him around the kitchens and it's like, massive walk-in freezer with, like, all the meat in the whole world. <laughs> like, Literally all the cow, meat. Half a cow, half a lamb. <laughs> Steak, lamb, chicken, turkey. He's, like, proper, like, energetic. He's lovely. And then he starts calling the little boy Doc. Yeah. And she's like, how do you know we call him Doc? Because it's, like, after Bugs Bunny. And he's like, oh, yeah, I must have heard you say it. And she's like, I don't think I did. Yeah, like, I don't get it. She's a... a he says, oh, I must have heard you call him that. And you just go, oh, yeah, maybe. But she's like, no, no, I definitely didn't say that hmm. in front of you. Like, who remembers? I don't ever remember. I mean, I ain't got a brain to remember half the stuff we just said, just gone. No, I, like, I don't I'm, remember what we've already said on this podcast. I know. Let alone. It's like gone. It's come out my mouth and disappeared. Well, obviously being recorded, if other people to hear me waffle on about crap. But, yeah, I wouldn't remember if I said, oh, you know, that's my kid's name. and Come out of your mouth and disappear. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Happy winter. Um, so, <laughs> moving Sorry, I was, swiftly on. I was watching Brooklyn Nine Nine earlier. Oh, amazing. Um, he yes. Yeah, so then he chose him into like the dry store with like the dried goods and canned goods, and he's like literally reeling off all of this food. So it's like him talking, then it goes like weird, creepy music, and he slowly turns his head, and while his mouth's still talking about what he has in his dry store, he looks at the kid, and he's like, how would you like some ice cream, Doc? But in his mind. Da, da, da. So I'm like, who is this guy? Why can he talk to people in their brains? Yeah. So then they go back to seeing um, Ullman, and he says, like, by five o'clock, you'll have nobody here. And she's like, Wendy's like, oh, it's a bit like a ghost ship, huh? Because she loves ghost stories. Yeah, I, this is a ship I'd want to jump off of. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking fast. I'll take my chances I'll in the ocean. Chances. Jesus. <laughs> I would take up all of that door. <laughs> oh, no. If you know, you know. <laughs> So, um, Holloran's taken Danny off after he got permission to, um, get him some ice cream. And he tells, asks Danny how he... Not odd at all, that bit, is it? No. Like, Hello, we've just met. Can I take your son for ice cream? Oh, yeah, of course. Sure, because you weren't creepy when you guessed his name. Stranger danger. No. Stranger danger. So he says about how, when he was younger, his grandma told him about The Shining. And how um, it's like, yeah, how people don't always know they've got it. And he said he can remember when his mother, t- grandmother told him, and they used to do it all the time, like just talk to each other without speaking. And um, he's like, he said, oh, do you not, um, why don't you talk about it? Because also I'm not supposed to. And he says, who told you not supposed to? And he said, Tony. Oh, finger Tony. Yeah, Tony finger. So he says, well, who's Tony? And Danny says, right, this is what I don't get. So t- Danny says, Tony is a little boy that lives in my mouth. He does say mouth, doesn't he? does he? say mouth. Not mind. No. Because when we, you, we were watching it and we rewound it because you were like, did, did he just say lives in his mouth? And I was like, no, lives in his mouth. No, definitely says definitely lives says in that. his mouth. Like, what the fuck? So um, he says, like, well, how does he tell you things? And Danny says, when I go to sleep, he shows me things and I wake up and I can't remember everything. So then he asks um, Danny if his parents know about Tony. He said, yeah. Um, And he asks, like, do do they know that he tells you things? And he said, no. Um, And then Danny says, "Um, is there anything in this hotel that um, Holloran is scared of? And he said, no, there's nothing here. It's just, you know, like some places um, are like people. Some shine and some don't. Um, and I guess you could say the Overlook Hotel is like shining. Um, and he says, there's something bad here. And he says, well, no, but when something bad happens, it leaves a trace of itself behind. Mm. And I love this bit. He says, it's like if someone burns toast. Leaves a like, smell behind, yeah. Love it. So then he says... Um, Danny then asks Holloran about room 237 and he's like, well, what about it? And he says, well, you're scared of it, aren't you? And he says, no, I'm not. And so he, Danny then asks him what is in room 
237 and he's like nothing there's nothing in that room you've got no business going in there so stay out do you understand stay out right so when someone says that to me i'm like i'm going in there <laughs> There's nothing in there. There's nothing to look at. Don't go in there. There's or, no need to go in there. Like, stay out of there. Yeah. Stay out of there. Stay out of there. So as a kid, you're right. going to be like, it's clearly sweets or presents. Yeah, there's definitely something <laughs> there's in there. something good in there for me. Um, it's not room 237 in the book. Oh, isn't it? In the book, it's room 217. Oh. But the people who own the real hotel got them to change it for the film. Because they don't have a room 237. They do have a room 217. They didn't want people to avoid it. That makes complete sense. And then I read earlier that um, after the film came out, room 217 was the most requested room at the hotel. I bet it was. Everyone's like, I'm staying in there. (laughs) So then um, it comes up one month later and you see little Danny on his little trike cycling around the ground floor. And every time he turns, like a different kind of wallpaper, carpet, no carpet. And every time he turns, I'm like, what's going to be there? He's living the dream, though, isn't yeah, he? Riding his trike around this hotel. Dream. So then, like, cuts to Wendy with her trolley coming in with proper breakfast and bed for Jack. I know, that looked awesome. I know, and she's like, morning, darling. And he's um, sort of waking up, and she's saying, oh, it's half past 11. He's like, oh, I can't believe I slept in so late. <sighs> Rub it in. Uh, yeah, God. And she's like, oh, it's a lovely day out there, so maybe you could lay-ins. take... I know. Maybe you could take the boy out, and he's like, oh, I don't really have time. I've got reading to do and I've got to try and write um so you know that's a no from me um and then it cuts to like his typewriter not being used um and he's just throwing the ball around like just yeah. around the floor just throwing it at the walls and bouncing it off the floor and the ceiling and he yeah like just trying to just do everything he can but you know it like, isn't work yeah um, and then it shows Wendy and Danny running around in the maze and, like, having fun. And then he's throwing a ball around in, like, the foyer area. And, he, and this is Jack. Yeah. So it cuts back to him again. And he's looking at the miniature version of the maze. Yeah, like the model. The model it. version. Yeah. And then it zooms in and to, like, the middle section. And you see Wendy and Danny running around in it. I was like, that's pretty cool. It's a great shot. It's really cool. It's, like, the tense music again. And just cuts. Tuesday. Tuesday. I was like, oh, what the fuck's going to happen now? Back to trike. Triking. Triking around. Yeah. This time he stops, and I'm like, oh, it's that fucking room, isn't it? Yeah, right outside. Yeah. Room 237. And he stops, and he, like, slowly gets off his bike. I'm like, don't do that. And he walks up to the door, he turns the handle. It's locked. But. But. He has a flash of the girls. Then a flash of them, like, chopped up on the floor. Yep. And then it goes back to the girls again. Um, I don't know, does it go back to the elevator again? I can't remember. Not sure. It flashes between the girls standing up and the girls neatly stacked with massive axe wounds. This is crazy. Not those kind. With axe wounds, no. (laughs) And then... um, Actual wounds caused by an axe. But then I wondered, is 237 where the girls died, or is that in the West Ring wing where their bodies were laid who knows so i was like that's interesting so then like it cuts to um jack sat by his typewriter and um he's just like basically just angry and she comes in and she's like asking if he's got a lot written today he's like yes 
And she's like, oh, it's going to be snow tonight. He goes, what do you want me to do about it? He's like being proper arsey with her, isn't he? He goes full on dick. Yeah, he's like, I'm not being grouchy, you know. You're just coming in here and distracting me and, like, just getting really angry with her. And she's like, okay. And she's just being, like, really, like, okay, sorry, whatever. Isn't she? Like, literally. She's such a drip. Yeah, and he's like, whenever you hear me typing... Whenever you fucking hear me doing this in here, it means I'm working, so I don't come in here. And she's like, okay. And he's like, why don't you just start right now and get the fuck out of here? And she's like, okay. <laughs> Off she trots. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, oh, bye, sorry. Sorry, bye, sorry, sorry, Jack. Sorry, Jack. So now I'm like, oh, that's a bit crazy. Um, and then it cuts to him looking out of the window, and he looks mental. Yeah, this is the, the only problem with having Jack Nicholson and... This is why Stephen King didn't like it. There's a big reason. Because he didn't want Jack Nicholson in it. Oh, did he? No. And the reason was that um, he's like, Jack Nicholson, he just done one flew over the cuckoo's nest where he played a mental person. His face automatically goes to looking mental Mm. and terrifying. He's like, the book's about his slow descent into madness yeah in the film he's fucking mental from the beginning basically yeah, his face can't help it he's like normal in the interview and then after about five minutes in the hotel he's already going nuts yeah and it's not what the book was about no but also if you want someone to look mental and scary you get jack nicholson because he does that's so well it's his face this is a whole thing I comment on the whole of my notes it's just his face he's very good at mental face he is so it comes up Saturday and um, it's two days later and the storm's getting worse and you see Wendy trying to use the telephone and there's no telephone line shit Um, so then she's thankfully they've got a CB radio in the hotel so she contacts through to the police or is it the fire I think it's fire brigade she could also do some emergency service that'll do (laughs) <laughs> and they're talking to her and stuff. And um, he... So that, that's that. And they're going to keep in touch. And this is one of the worst storms we've had in years. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Couldn't just be a little one. Had to be the worst. So then he... Um, the little boy is, like, cycling around the the place. He's, like, triking about. And... He suddenly gets to the end, right turns on a corner, at the end of the hallway, are the two girls again. Happy days. This time they talk to him. Oh, yeah. They talk to him. And um, I think it's like, Danny, come and play with us. Come and play with us forever. Come play with us, Danny. Come play with us forever and ever. <laughs> and they get closer and closer, and the closer they get, and they like, show them alive and dead. And they get closer, alive and dead, and it closer, and then he like covers his face, and when he like looks again, they're gone. So he's like literally terrified, and he's like, <laughs> he's like Tony, I'm scared. Oh, here comes Tony Finger, and Tony's like, remember what Mister Holleran said? It's just like pictures in the book, Danny. It isn't real. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty real. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. Get out of his mouth, <laughs> Tony Finger. You're not helping. You're not <laughs> no. helping. It's just like pictures in a book. <laughs> Creepy finger. Um, then it flashes to Monday, and um, you see the door open, and Danny walks in. I'm like, what room is he walking into? 
is basically the apartment and he sees his dad just sat there looking out the window looking crazy just yeah, looking full on mental and he's like oh come over here in Would a you? mental way <laughs> yeah so he comes over and like picks him up puts him on his lap and he's like playing with his hair and stuff and he's asking like how's it going doc and he's like okay he's like asking about all these questions and then danny asks jack um why don't you go to sleep and he's like i can't i have too much to do I don't see you typing very much. Literally seen you do fuck all. Just look around. Like, haven't even seen him repair anything. <laughs> it just, yeah, he's done nothing. He's done I jack mean, shit, but from throw a ball around. Yeah, you see Wendy fixing shit, but you don't see him doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, Jack asked Danny, um, oh, Danny asked Jack, do you like this hotel? And he's like, yes, I do. I love it, don't you? And he's like, well, I guess so. And Jack's like, yeah, uh, I'd like to live here forever and ever and ever. Come play with us, Danny. Pretty sure. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah, that's not good, is it? No. And then he says, oh, Dad, would you ever hurt Mummy and me, would you? Or you would never hurt Mummy or me. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's basically trying to say, like, did your mum make you say that? Who said that? Did Mummy say that? Did Mummy make you say that? You're like, oh, Oh, no. no. He's just looking for an excuse. Yeah, to kill them all. To axe somebody. And he's like, you know, I love you more than anything else. I'd never hurt you. And he's like, yes, Dad. And he's like, good. Cut to Wednesday. <laughs> In the most unconvincing, like, yes, Dad. I mean, it, it's like, that was that, that scene in itself was really unsettling. Yeah. Really unsettling. I was like, I don't really like this. Uh, so on Wednesday, you see lots of heavy snow. And then you see Danny playing with some Troy cars. Right, and then this yellow ball rolls in front of him. Now I'm pretty sure I've seen that on so many scary films. Yeah. I wrote down scary movie. Probably. I'm pretty sure it was a bit when, like, it's like a clown. I can't remember, but yeah. So that that happens. Um, so he... He's, like, kind of calls out mum when he sees the ball. And then he's lured towards room 237, which... Is open. There is a key in the lock and the door is open. What the hell? Bad shit. Bad shit. shit. <laughs> so then you see Wendy checking the electrical and boiler gauges downstairs in the utility room and then she hears like screams and groans and things. So she runs upstairs because it's Jack's voice and he's like collapsed in front of his typewriter, isn't it? I don't know if he's like asleep. Yeah, he comes around and he's like saying that he's had this horrible, horrible nightmare about him chopping up Danny into tiny pieces. Rot roll. Yeah, it's not good. It's that Tony finger showing him the future. Yeah. And then you see, like, Danny coming down the stairs really slowly, like, hunched... He's one of his arms, like, hunched up. And so she goes up to him, and she's like, you need to go, go away, because Daddy's not feeling well or something. And then you notice that he's got a torn jumper. And she's like, oh my goodness, like, what's happened? What's happened? And then she basically blames Danny, oh, Jack for it, doesn't she? Like, yeah, he's got, like, she's son of a marks, bitch. marks yeah. down his neck and she thinks it's him. So she's, like, shouting at him, how dare you? And he's like, she runs off the screen and leaves him. And so then Jack's wandering down the hallway and then he's like, Hitting stuff, isn't he? Like knocking all the stuff yeah, over a proper paddy, swinging his arms about, yeah, having a tantrum. 
Um, and then he sort of goes into the gold room, turns the lights on and sees that the whole bar is dry. And then, like, he starts talking to himself. Like, I'd give anything for a drink. I'd give my goddamn soul for a glass a, a glass of beer. I was like, do you know what, Jack? I feel you. Some days I would. <laughs> I'd, give, I'd sell my soul for a donut. <laughs> and then it's, like, almost like his wish to come true he starts talking to somebody um called a bartender called lloyd yeah so he looks he looks over the bar then it's empty and the camera turns to his face and he like looks down and as he looks back up there's lloyd the barman the bar's fully stocked and he's like i've not got any money how is my credit and stuff they have this big old conversation but the interesting thing is he then says um i never laid a hand on him I wouldn't have touched a hair on his goddamn little head. I love that little son of a bitch. I'd do anything for him. And he said, that bitch, as long as I live, she'll never let me forget what happened. So I'm like, has he actually hurt Danny in the past then? Is that why she's flipped out? So it's just really interesting. So then you see, like, Wendy... Okay, so He says he has, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It accidentally, the kid yeah. knocks over his papers and he picks them up and apparently accidentally hurt him in the process Uh, it was three goddamn years ago that little fucker had thrown all my papers all over the floor i tried to do was pull him up as a momentary loss of muscular coordination wow flung him across the room yeah basically so anyways see wendy by this point i mean her run I mean, as an actress, I don't know anything else she's in, but I was finding her really grating. We haven't even made it to the run yet. No, that's oh, later. the run is classic. That's a treat. But I think, from what I read, they actually didn't speak to her the whole time they were filming this, just to make her feel more isolated. So I do kind of feel for her. It must have been a really tough acting gig. But she is... Oh, anyway, so she's running around frantic with a baseball bat, saying that Danny said there's a crazy woman in the hotel still. And he's like, well... Like, are you out of your fucking mind? She's like, no, it's the truth, Danny told me. <laughs> His first response is, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, and you're like, uh, pot kettle. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're pretending, you're imagining you're drinking in a bar with people and yeah. it's totally empty and you're calling her crazy. Yeah, oh man. Um, and then he asked, which room's it? What room is it? We all know what room it is. Room six. Yeah, six, six. <laughs> it's not room six, is it? No, it's not. So then all of a sudden it goes to a news watch and you see, um, oh, I can't remember what his name is now, Holloran, watching the television. Now, what I have to put, I did write it in my notes. Is it his paintings? Yes, all the titties. It's like, good choice of paintings. It's one above his telly and then one behind him above his bed. Just half-naked ladies with their titties out. Yeah. He's got something to look at, no matter where he is, <laughs> having a little tickle, um, <laughs> a little stroke. Um, oh, no. So, yeah. Um, back on track. Back on track. So then basically his face goes like all funny. And he, I think he's basically having a little shining moment with Danny. Yeah. Um, and then you see, oh, God, this bit. Norda Barve, this is awful. So he raid well after this bit it's awful. So he raids up and talks to the fire station or whatever major service it is and says yeah. like can someone please just raid up and just check that everyone's okay as a family up there in this place. Um and they go, Yeah, we'll do that. 
Anyways, then it cuts to Jack going to room 237. Rock roll. Yeah. Rock roll indeed. So he walks in and um, walks through the bedroom. He pushes open the bathroom door. And there's like, you can't see anything. And all of a sudden the curtain suddenly gets drawn back. And there's this like naked lady. And she is fully naked. Like foof hair and everything. Just naked. And she's like really tall and slender, like stunning. His face <laughs> was giving Lo- me life. <laughs> Lo- lights up, doesn't it? It goes from like looking really confused. All of a sudden, he's got. He looks like when he was the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> like ear to ear grin that he can't get down. Like hello, <laughs> hello, sexy lady. Good times for Jack. <laughs> so she like really slowly gets out the bath seductively walks towards him and then she stops in the middle and turns sideways and throws off her like lush slender body then he walks towards her and they basically start kissing so i start to get a bit of a no feeling all the nope like why why would he get an amazing sex scene with this hot woman in the middle of this film and he's going mental something's not adding up and then like the side of her face looks different and then she's an old lady, and it gets the shot of her on her back, and there's basically no back. Like, there's just chunks of her missing. Yeah. And she's, like, just cackling, laughing. Oh, it's hideous. He's, like, just horrified. And he's like, Ugh. And then Danny is sat in his bed dribbling in, like, some sort of trance. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, going he, on? He's fucking well out of it at this point. He's like, just Not blinking. Nuts. Yeah. Oh my god! So um, yeah. So that cuts to him running out, and um, he locks the door behind him. And I was like, man, I would just be like, fuck this shit, yeah, out, man, burn that room. So he, right, this is a bit I was really didn't understand. He then sees Wendy, and he's like, she said, "Did you go there? Did you see anything?" He goes, "I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't find anything." Liar. Yeah, but he's not going to be liar. like. Yeah, I went in there and found a hot chick and started snogging her and then she turned into a mouldy old lady who was falling to bits. True. It's just easier just to go, nah. Didn't see nothing. I'm out. Um, and then he's, she's like, well, how do you explain all the bruises on his neck? And he's like, I think he did it to himself. Yeah. How? Just, like, ridiculous. So then he's like, so this cuts to Danny, like sat on his bed in a massive trance, and then he sees the word red rum. He does. Like, what the hell is that all about? Just mental. It's a racehorse. It is a racehorse, yeah. Um, and then basically it cuts back to Wendy and Jack having a bit of an argument, and she's saying that she needs to take Danny out of here. And he's like, really? And she's like, yeah, I just need to get him out of here. And he was like... <laughs> This is so fucking typical of you, Wendy. <laughs> you always create a problem and, like, ruin my work. That I haven't done any yeah. of. He's like, Wendy, I have let you fuck up my life so far. I'm not going to let you fuck up this. <laughs> Jesus. What the hell? We're going in. It's, like, yeah. right. it's not her fault you snogged a mouldy old lady. I know, Jesus. So um, he then like storms off and ends up going back to the gold room, ballroom, and it's like a 1920s dance. Yeah. And then he um, goes back to the, like, the bartender. He's like, oh, good evening, Mr. Torrance. And he, he orders something and he's like, oh, no charge to you. It's orders from the house. 
Mm. Yeah. Getting free imaginary drinks. Exactly. What the hell? Um, and then he, um, he like, um, gets up to go and get something and this waiter spills stuff on him. Yeah. Advocar. Advocar. I guess we'd best take you to the bathroom and get that all cleaned up because it could stain with a bit of water. And then it turns out that this guy, he asked him because he calls him Jeeves, like, what's your name? And he goes, Delbert Grady. Mm, Grady. Mm. And he's like, weren't you like a caretaker here? Because I recognised you in your picture from the paper. And he's like, mm, that's strange. I don't have any recollection of doing that. And he's like, Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here. He's like, sorry, I don't think I was. You've always been here as a caretaker. I should have known, sir. I've always been here. He's like, no, you were the caretaker who chopped mm. up his wife and kids. Yeah. And he's basically saying about how, like, there's some issues with his son Danny and that he's um, talking to somebody. He's going to bring someone in from outside who shouldn't be here and that his son's, like, really willful and he needs to be corrected. Just like his wife and daughters, daughters need to be corrected. He's like, um, yeah, Mr. Toro, a willful boy, a rather naughty boy, if I may be so bold. And he's like, mm, it's his mother, she's always interfering. <laughs> that bitch, <laughs> fucking winded. Again. So he's saying that she's like interfering and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So like he leaves that conversation with the, with that guy. Um, and he's Grady. Like, Grady. And as he's walking out of the gold room, he hears a radio going and he goes in and pulls the element out, doesn't he? Yeah, or a fuse or something. He takes the back off and basically stops the radio from yeah. working. So it cuts to like a flight and the chef and um, Holloway. Hollerin. Hollerin is on the flight, and I'm like, oh, he's heading over. Brilliant. You know, Here he comes to save the day. Um, so, yeah, so then basically, you see Wendy, she's walking around and she goes downstairs to talk to Jack whilst he's at his desk, and um, he's not there. So she sees a typewriter, so she goes over to read it, and then. <laughs> You see what <laughs> I can't even say because it makes you think of The Simpsons. And she reads, All work and no pay- play makes Jack a dull boy. It's just that, isn't it? Over, over, and, over, and, over, over and over and over again. Over again. Like five, oh, it's got to be like 500 pages of him and yeah. all different kinds of ways it's written. It's like, just mental. Some just, sometimes just fills the page. Sometimes it's paragraphs. Sometimes yeah. it's broken up like speech. Yeah, just. So, like, he's literally just sat there typing out all the time. Yeah. Crazy. And then you see his, like, shadow in the background and he walks in. And he's like, how do you like it? <laughs> uh, mental. Like, uh, not too sure about that. Um, and he says, you know, like, yeah, and then they just sort of have like, this bit of an argument, don't they? Um, and he's she's like, I've wanted to talk to you about something. He goes, oh, let's talk, let's talk about it then. And he's like, what do you want to talk about? And she's like, mm, I can't really remember. And she's got the baseball bat, isn't she? Yeah. And then it flashes to Danny, um, and he's staring at nothing. And again, I think you see all the blood from the from the elevator, yeah. and then you see red rum written again. Um, and then she's saying that something should be done with Danny, and it's like, you know, we should take him to the doctor, and as soon as possible and oh God, she's just really irritating her voice is so irritating in this bit that's what I've written down <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this so is when he's 
he's gone full, full mental. mental. He's gone yeah. fully mad now. Literally and crazy. Um, she's swinging, like swinging the bat, and she yeah. says my favorite, my favorite line of the whole film, and he's like, "I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in." <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Shit's gonna go Literally down. mental. So then he actually hits him, doesn't she? Yeah, she cracks um, him on the head and he, and falls he rolls down. The and then, like, I was really actually impressed with her because she then drags him to the storeroom, and knocks him in, don't she? You were you were most disappointed it wasn't the freezer. Freezer, yeah. I think she missed trick there. Yeah. Well, no, because you can't lock a walk-in freezer from the outside. It'd be why. Oh, it's I a safe, safety measure, so you can yeah. open it from the inside. Obviously, why I die in these sort of films. <laughs> if it's not an alien, it's gonna be. I put him in the freezer. I'll never. Ah, oh, shit! He's out of the door. Oh, fuck. Um, so then she like, tells him his plan that she's gonna get away on the snowcat, and he's like, "Oh, I've got a big surprise coming for you. You're not going anywhere. Go check the snowcat on the radio, and you see what I mean." And he's like proper laughing, isn't he? Like manic. Yeah, because he starts off trying to like reason with it, like, oh, "I'm hurt, I'm hurt," and she says, "Oh, she'll go and bring a doctor back." And he's like, "You fucking won't." <laughs> so she goes and checks, and he's taken out obviously the bits from the radio, and the snowcat is basically inoperable. So she's stuck, proper stuck. Oh, stuck. So then it, it cuts to four p.m. And it's showing outside of the room and basically you hear Grady saying, I can see you've hardly taken any care of business we discuss. And they have this like random discussion about how like he can try more and he'll do better. And of course the bloody door opens and out he comes. Yeah, go slit him out. <sighs> in the meantime, as Wendy ran away from leaving him in the storeroom, she took a knife of him with her. And it cuts back to Torrance's apartment and you see Danny get up, grab the knife and he's just repeating, red rum. Picks up some lipstick. Yeah, and red rum. Red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum. just hideous. So he's written it on the door and then when you see the mirror reflection, it spells murder. Murder, murder, murder. You <laughs> like, everything's about murder. You literally... Turned your head at that point, like mouth open, like. <gasps> um, so yes, that was like crazy, and then it all like the shit of hits the fan. Um, you suddenly hear see Jack, who's like absolutely crazed with an axe, and he starts hitting the door, going, "Wendy, I'm home." <laughs> hey, I'm home. <laughs> so she like drags him into the bathroom, and. Um, locks the door and she tries to open a window and he's going like little pigs little pigs let me in not by the hair of my chinny chin chin so he smashes his way through the bedroom and she's managed to push the little boy out the window isn't she but she can't fit herself through there so um he's like listening around and he hears him in the bathroom so he starts smashing through the door and this is obviously the classic bit here's johnny here's johnny ad-libbed was it? Jack Nicholson made it up, stole it. It's uh, from the Johnny Carson show. Oh, right. I could play you the clip of the bloke saying it. Ready? Mm. That's how... Oh, I see. That's how 
Johnny Carson used to be introduced for his late night show in America and Jack Nicholson just decided to um, to say it. Oh and my there god, you go. that's so funny. One of the most famous film lines ever. Jeez. It's just an ad lib by Jack Nicholson. Genius. Um, so she can't get out, she's stuck in the room. He's like trying to get at her and she cuts his hand with a knife that she's got in her hand and then he goes. And then um, somehow as the little boys run away and somehow he goes back down to the hallway and leaves her alone. And this is when you see another cat pull up and it's got a hollow in it. Yeah. Um, and then he goes like, so Danny's running around and he hides in the kitchen cupboard. Which I was like, that's pretty good. Um, and she's just in the bathroom just screaming Danny and then she suddenly remembers, oh, actually, he's outside. She's Shit. not even screaming. She just stood there crying, not yeah. saying anything. Yeah, and then she's like, she's like, oh, fuck, wait, my son's <laughs> in the snow. Oh, yeah, child. <laughs> I should probably try and get out of here. Um, so Holloran comes in, and of course he shouts, hello. Mm-mm. Why would you do that? Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. So, of course, he's walking around shouting hello, and obviously Jack jumps out and smacks him in the chest with an axe. And that's the end of Holloran. Yeah. yeah. So, Donna. like... Danny's screaming in the thing. He jumps out and runs away. Again, why? And he's, like, chasing Danny. Wendy's... Oh, this bit. This is when. This is where it happens. I don't quite understand what the fuck happened. So she's walking around. She can hear all these voices. She's doing the run. Oh, the run! <laughs> she's running up the stairs. she got her arms waving about. Which is, like, like, in a scary oh, movie, isn't it? Yeah. With the main character. Just waving right. around. Ah! flailing her arms about and like <laughs> just going up some stairs like she ain't even seen anything no. at this point apart from what, the attempted axe murder oh so then she sees a cup like in the room she hears some voices <laughs> and there's someone in a bear suit and a man laying on the bed and just sit up and look at her and then she's just like oh and runs <laughs> off again and look at her like she's mental yeah like, you're in a bear costume what, what's what going on what's going on like what is that scene about so anyways you see Jack obviously is trying to find Danny and he turns on all the lights that goes into the maze and you see Danny outside and Danny runs into the maze. Why would you do that? Because you've got snow and you're going to see all these footprints everywhere. Yeah. I was like, come on, kid. I know you're five, but... Is he five? Apparently he's supposed to be five. And then he's shouting, Danny, I'm coming! (laughs) (laughs) He's just so mental. I'm gaining on you. (laughs) Like, what? So it comes back to Wendy. She finally sees Holloran dead. And um, I, mean, she, I just broke. She's just the most ridiculous actress. She's just... <laughs> I mean, I, I've never seen any of her films. And I apologise if she's actually amazing. But I was watching this going, oh, for God's sake. But her light, her run was giving me life. Like, just watching her flail around. and <laughs> so over the top. Oh, for God's sake. So anyway, so you see... We love kids, you, Shelley, if you're We listening. do. I'm sorry. I just didn't, didn't feel you most of that film. But, um... Anyway, so you see Danny in the in the maze and Johnny's chasing up not Johnny. Jack. Jack chasing after him. Jack. Then the kid actually does something really interesting. He goes backwards on his footsteps and then covers up where he goes and hides. Yep. Very clever. I was like, well done. Um so <laughs> I was like, well done. Like, good plan. How did you manage to make that sound sarcastic? Oh, well done. Idea. Um so obviously then Jack goes past them. The kid can get away, and he follows the tracks back out of the maze. Um, by this point, Wendy's outside, and she sees the cats there. And then she eventually sees 
Danny come running out the main. She's like, oh, Danny! And then runs to him and they gave like a big hug. I'm like, yeah, you're like, your husband's actually a bit mental. He's got an axe. Like, yeah. hurry up. You Also, you're announcing that the kid's not in the maze quite yeah. loudly. Like, get keep it out down and yeah. go. So, um, they finally get into... She drops a knife as well, which I don't get. Um, so, she, they get into the vehicle and it's really, really tense. And she gets going and they drive away. Um, and then, like, a thick fog phone, like rolls in and you see Jack like stumbling around uttering something really inaudible don't you (laughs) he's frozen (laughs) you just need to look at the memes I didn't realise it was him until I saw it and I pissed myself because it looks so weird didn't really hit you as dramatic the ending no, did it you were like it didn't. i was like oh my god because i've put up gifts and stuff i've seen that turn up i was like i thought it was some sort of fake thing i didn't realize it had actually anything to do with the shining that, yeah it's real it's nothing like him and then it goes into the hotel and it shows you a picture which is the party of a ball on the 4th of july 1921 and right at the front is jack it's jack a real real picture Oh, I was like, I did not see that coming. The, the picture's a real picture, and they airbrushed Jack Nicholson's head onto an actual guest. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. It's the big twist ending that no one can quite agree what it means. No. All I did write down was, I can actually make a lot more sense of that bit in that film, Enter- is it Enter Player One? Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah. yeah, with the shining with scene. With the shining scene. The black, and the picture, and the, and the blade, yeah. yeah. Well, not just the other day, but the picture scene, like yeah. the significance of it. I was like, oh my God, that makes so much more sense. Also, totally none of that happens in the book for real. I know, time. but <laughs> we're talking about the film here. All right. So, yeah. Gob. That was the end of the film. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. The tensest horror film I think I've ever watched. This might be a bit of an unpopular opinion. You're going to say it's rubbish, aren't you? No, I found it a little bit underwhelming. I Who don't. Are you? I don't know if it's because. Um, I don't know if it's because of when it's made and the stuff that I've been forced to watch in, like the current horror films, which are really like tense and hideous that I have to hide behind. But I can actually really appreciate that film because you can see where other horror films have come from. And yeah. I actually, I did enjoy being able to watch it. You can see where that loads of the, like you said, scary movie. Yeah. Takes, steals so much from and something like, like The Shining. All of like, like Poltergeist. Yeah. And like uh, Exorcist, like all those sort of films. They're the films that I actually enjoy watching because I don't hide behind my hands the whole time. So I actually watch them. And you get Yeah. So it might not have been scary, you say underwhelmed, but you appreciate the yeah. story more. Yeah, I think it's because I was expecting something, I don't know what I was expecting, because it's such a classic, and people like rave about it. I don't know, for me, it. I don't know what I was expecting, but it, it didn't... A bit like me with Breaking Bad, where everyone told me yeah. how good it was and I couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. Um, but no, really, I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was really good. Um... So I'll definitely watch it again. But I'm only... Oh, yeah. That's the first one. No, no. I said I've watched 
um, oh naked gun, gun. Yeah, yeah that don't count as a comedy okay <laughs> I'm still only going to give it a three out of five okay um because there was some like really <laughs> funny moments I don't think it's supposed to be funny but I think it's because of like dated dated yes. I think would be the word which is why my I was trying to think of a word for it. It's actually ended up being two. Oh, cheetah. I know. It's, I've decided to thing it, give it the right thing of undying horror. In a sense that, because it's like timeless, it's like undying, it's like the same sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's timeless. I think timeless might have been the word to go with. Maybe. I'll tell you that. I give it the word timeless. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely worth a watch. I really, really enjoyed it. It was really good. Excellent. What am I watching next? Well, you see, I've written one down, but I've changed my mind. Ooh. Um, We'll come back to that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think it's about time we did a superhero movie. (gasps) Yes! But you've seen loads of superhero movies. As you probably saw from my recent picture on Instagram. There's a bit of a superhero theme on the go. So I thought, well, what superhero movie could you watch? And also, who do you think is an absolutely ridiculous actor? Oh, no. And then I thought, oh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, Nicolas Cage. And then I thought, oh, Nicolas Cage was Ghost Rider. So we're going to watch Ghost Rider okay, with Nicolas uh, Cage. Actually, not too bad. It's just like you think about his national treasure, like... I can't even remember what it's called now. We've it's got so to steal late. the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> it's like, the Declaration of Independence. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> but yeah, if you don't, you don't Is know it, anything about Ghost Rider, I either do. No, literally nothing. So that's uh, quite exciting. I will. Yeah, it's different. It's a Marvel film. Oh, cool. Before Marvel, Marvel films, yeah, no, before they were Marvel films, <laughs> it was a Marvel. Before film. they got Chris Evans in it, and yeah, uh, Chris Evans <laughs> pre, pre pre MCU Marvel film, yeah. Even I can't remember; it might have been before Spider Man as well. I can't remember. No, it was after Spider Man. Mm. But yeah, it's it's something. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys, and we hope you enjoyed this chat that we've had as always if you want to get in contact with us or follow us you can find us on instagram uh, under hayley underscore watches and if you want to get in contact with us the email address is hayley watches 2020 at gmail.com <gasps> i got it right first I got it right. time um we'd love honestly we'd love to hear from you if you listen to us regularly just honestly please get in touch it'd be great to hear from you um and as always stay safe Ciao for now. now. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.